All right, welcome to the M&M Podcast. This is Michael Gallagher coming to you from Floor K of Argyle House at, on the University of Edinburgh campus. Uh, again, I am Michael Gallagher. I'm from the Center for Research in Digital Education at the University of Edinburgh. Uh, I'm Miles Blaney. Um, I work in uh, digital learning applications and media, and I work in the Central IS team. Uh, there's also other people involved in this project that we'll talk to over the coming weeks in different podcasts. Uh, these include uh, Marcus, uh, who is an, our research associate uh, with me on a particular project around automation in teaching that we mm. will be talking a lot about on this podcast. There's uh, Marcello Crolla. Yeah, uh, Marcello is an instructor designer based in educational design and engagement, and he's involved with actually creating the content and the structure of the courses for the MicroMasters and Masters, which is coming on edX, coming soon. Coming soon to edX. And a lot of this, uh, the inspiration is coming from uh, either directly or implicitly from uh, Professor Sean Bain at the Center for Research and Digital Education. We're borrowing a lot, a lot of inspiration, particularly from her 2015 project called TeacherBot. So we should talk a little bit about what's the rationale mm. and structure. Why are we doing this podcast? Why are we doing this podcast? That's a good question. So... Uh, it emerged from some different spaces across the university. I think the first being uh, this desire to continue to explore values-led teaching and learning design consistent with the Near Future Teaching Project, which uh, just concluded recently. Uh, it's also about this ongoing experimentation and collaboration between the Center for Research and Digital Education and uh, Miles' team at ISG. Yeah, I think it's something that we're seeing more and more come up in conversation and not just within the university, but wider to about how we can actually fit in these kind of crazy new technologies into, into education. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, but it's kind of, there's a lot of chat about things, but trying to fumble our way through it. Maybe? That's correct. Yeah. And I think we're trying, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking our way through this, I think. Mm. So we're having ongoing discussions and we felt that this was an important thing to share with the wider university audience, particularly because these technologies are so, Potentially contentious. Uh, I think I think I think there's potential in it as well. I think yes. if, you, if you if you even look at the the main media right now, you can see that certain words you just cannot use or say, mm -hmm. like like automation, augmentation. What does it actually mean? What's the what is it? What's possible now? And I think we get mixed up in a Blade Runner like world yes. sometimes, yes. where you're like, you're, we're not near there yet, but we could be there. And, how yes. do we get there and the impact's going to happen, people? I agree. I agree. Yeah, so it, often it sort of delves into like dystopian worlds, like oh, consistent yeah. with Blade Runner. And some of this stuff is, can be, with if handled improperly, can be pretty dystopian. So yeah, I think we're here to to share what we've been doing, share the experimentation that we've been having. And uh, so many of these technologies have the capacity to significantly reshape education as we know it at the university. So we felt it necessary in, as part of the rationale for this is to really wanted to engage the community around these technologies, have these, these discussions, which we're already having between the two of us. God, I think every time we have a meeting, we have a chat. That's and right. it's like, what? what? Hang on. And it's, I think it's the usefulness of this, of us sitting and being able to record it is actually to share that and make that transparent to everybody as well. That's good. Yeah, we were having all these brilliant conversations and meetings and we felt, oh, a lot of this is getting lost just between the two of us. And yeah. So we decided, I think at some point, if we had hour-long meetings, maybe use the second half <laughs> to record a podcast of what we were talking about, largely in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So and that's, every, yeah, please. Everybody go loves a meeting. But one, one thing I, 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 you just know, talked about Near Futures teaching there, and I think it's like the, some of the stuff that's come out of that, you know, the videos for the students actually reflecting and all that kind of stuff, that's really useful to mm. actually, for people that 
maybe aren't are new to this kind of space to go watch those uh, that's on the website for near futures teaching. I think that's like um, it's really interesting for an introduction into it. It's a good point. I think later on in the podcast we have some ideas that we we want to talk about some terms that we think are necessary to to engage this discussion because we're ha- we're using these terms all the time, but. Miles is right. A lot of this stuff emerged uh, from the Near Future Teaching Project. A lot of it emerged from the Manifesto for Teaching Online from the center. So if you haven't or you're unfamiliar with those, we suggest perhaps you go to those websites and check out that material. I think it's worthwhile. There are a lot of good videos on there where students and staff and faculty and alumni are already talking about these issues and what it means to them. Well, it's that community, isn't it? I think it's... um it, we're talking about technology in a university, so like ed, ed tech, which is the you know that label, but it's it's high. It, it's actually is it beneficial to them? The impact it's going to have on them, all those kind of things, and that community should be contributing to the shape of this new technology, yeah, say, or this this new style of teaching, maybe. I, I agree, and it's not inaccessible, right? We can through events, through conversations, through dialogue, we're all building capacity through, towards the same thing. Well, even through this. That's Do you right. know what I mean? I think That's it's, right. you know, if people listen to this and they say, well, hang on, I want to say something, they can actually just tell us. Yes. And maybe me will go along and have a chat to you. That's correct. And in fact, we'd actually encourage that too. So yeah. if you are listening and you think to yourself, I have something I want to tell you or something I want to contribute, or even you want to come on and have a chat with us, then we'd be more than welcome to that. Just just reach out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I suppose briefly we should talk about what technologies we will be talking about. Uh, these are more or less the hot button ones that are on our plates right now. We're sort of exploring, none of which I don't. I can safely say I think that we're fully committed to. It's mostly a no. process of exploration. Yeah, and, and I think it's um, exploration is, is definitely it to see, just try and figure it out. Because to, to be honest with you, you know, in turning an ISG, it's things that are are leading edge. Um, in this space so we don't have the capacity right now we, we haven't used these things before and they're not really used vastly in other education institutions already so it, it's we're just trying to figure them out yes figure them out in a way that's consistent with what we do here at the university because yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll see some experiment you'll start to see some experimentation in these spaces different universities perhaps doing different things uh, different schools justifying different decisions based on different reasons I think you'll see a lot of talk around efficiencies and uh, savings it. and cost savings and yeah. all these different things with these technologies. That's not really what we're in the business of but doing I think, here. yet again, that's the thing. You know, we're not. It's just trying to, how these, if these things can help. That's right. In, in students and the academics. That's right. That's it. That's, that's what it. we're looking for. We're not looking for things that will efficiency. Efficiency yes. is down in those terms. like, whoa, what is efficient? Yes. No, do you know what I mean? Is it yeah. like me saving two minutes? Yes. Well, I've got to do 20 hours of back time to get that two minutes. That's correct. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. that's not efficient then, is well, it? Well, it's a good point because a lot of these technologies, I mean, we're talking a lot about the technology we haven't even mentioned yet, but a lot of the technologies uh, are, are very heavy upfront uh, time yeah. investments, let yeah. alone financial investments, right? Yeah. So they require quite a bit of work upfront to get a handle on and to make work in a meaningful way for your, for your students or your, your class. Even, yeah, and I think it's, you know, you look at, you look at what's been introduced not just this institution, like things like uh, lecture capture and things like that, yeah. and how much a headspace it is to try and to get people to adjust to that. Do you know what I mean? You could even say it's. I always kind of harp on by you know when Office makes changes, people are like, "What? Yeah. That button's changed. What's going on?" And we're talking about you know technologies have massive impact on you know education. Yeah. Imagine that change. That's yeah. just. 
it's kind of chaotic in a way. It's chaotic. Yeah, and I think that's, that gets to another point that we're, we're reiterating is that the technology itself is not neutral. No. There is no such thing of inserting a technology into an existing practice and hoping it doesn't have any effect aside from augmenting the impact of that practice. It mm. changes those practices, those sequences, and those processes of teaching considerably. Mm. So we, we don't believe any of this will be a neutral insertion into some predefined structure. No way. It'll redefine what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, most importantly, these technologies we're talking about have considerable capacity to do that. So the ones we are talking about, just to get to, just to name them by name. Yeah. I suppose the first one, and probably the focus of this podcast for the next few weeks, will be automation. Automation. And we're using automation in a very kind of broad sense here. And... It is problematic in all kinds of ways because everybody understands automation to <laughs> well, be a different thing. Everybody defines it as this or that, and yeah. you can. And I think with you know, it's a kind of a dirty word, um, and it's it's kind of scary. And I think, you know, how it kind of relates to people's jobs, or how it can be useful, or or what it, it's kind of. We're in this gray space right now of automation. I feel because we don't know what it actually would mean for the technology for people. So we're like, we're, we kind of jump to the, the Blade Runner-esque yes. kind of scenario where we can say, well, maybe automation can actually help augment the experience yes. um, and do quite a lot of the heavy lifting. Yes. So and I think, I know for DLAS, we've kind of, start, uh, you know, sat on, it allows people to, um, it could allow people to focus on more um, troublesome problems, you know, and get all the kind of easy things out of the way. Yes. But it's, yeah, I think it's a kind of, automation is just kind of a, it's a gray area, I feel. It is, it is. It's a confusing one. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done to figure out, to unpack where we, we, we would conceivably insert such a thing, if we would conceivably insert such a thing. Even, well, yeah, you can say, how, how could we automate? That's what right. What would we use to automate as well? That's right. And then it's, it's um, I'm not going to, I think... We could have a whole podcast about the ethical impact of automation yes. in education. And we will probably. We yeah. probably will do. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, we're looking at what's the, what's the pedagogical reasons for actually doing anything yes. like that in, in the teaching space and not just, yeah, let's just do it because the technology is there. That's yeah. the worst scenario we could ever have. I would agree. So we have a project ongoing right now uh, at the university, which is a continuation of the Sean's teacher bot project from 2015 and we so we picked it up again and we thought the technology advanced a little bit enough to have some further speculation around how we might use these things and so that project I believe is called expanding the teacher function and so we're having engagements across the university discussions about what are the use cases that automation could automation could conceivably serve so it's about developing a, a whole list a whole typology, if you will, of different use cases that we can conceivably insert this automation mm. into. And this is before we would even even consider building anything, I would. Mm. I think the, we, we need to, I think it, with anything like this, we just couldn't say, yeah, we'll, we'll buy this and we'll do this. We need to have, we need to try and speak to people, speak to academics, speak to students, to figure out where they see it beneficial yeah. to them. And then see well how we could retrofit that to say is this beneficial to you by building like like we talked about the beta cases and stuff like that. That's right. um, but I think it's yeah having those sessions and I know from talking to yourself that the words so we're talking about automation but we're not actually talking about the technology that delivers that automation. 
So whether that's a chatbot, I'm going to say, like, I think we should have, a, like, a cup for every time we say AI in these podcasts. Yes. Put, like, 10 pounds in it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's only going to be rich by the end of it. Well, this, this, is, this is the term, I think, that is most mangled of all the terms oh, that we're talking about here. What is AI in this context? It's a bucket. I think AI is AI is just a bucket term, an mm-hmm. umbrella term that, that covers so many different aspects yeah. of numerous underlying technologies that we kind of, it's, it's just an easy go-to term. And you're like, well, what is it? What aspects are you talking about? And even for, you know, for something like a chatbot, there's numerous aspects of artificial intelligence that can be used within that. There, some of them are very, very basic. Some of them are a bit more funky. But it's AI. It's an it's AI. AI bot. And I think we'll spend some time to actually detailing what our position of it, what AI is versus the chatbots versus the automation, all these yeah. different things. So we'll spend some time detailing that. But that's one of the. One of the main technologies I think we're focusing on yeah, now. Yeah, I think so. Um, we should say, too, that the project so far has just generated uh, interesting side ideas of what the university conceives teaching to be, period. <laughs> so beyond what the technology can do, beyond what, uh, what implications that might have for existing teaching practices, the workshops have sort of detailed exactly how people view teaching here at the university, and it's diverse. And uh, it's a diverse set of practices that people use. So... Any insertion of a technology in that space will be largely a bespoke one. It will have to contort somehow to the spaces. I think, and, and is that diversity that you've seen, is that, you know, is that because it's an online on campus or a school thing, or is that because it's personal to that person? That's right. So all of these are true, right? So it's an intersection of all of these mm-hmm. things. So there are a lot of people attending these events that don't necessarily teach online and, and nor would the bot necessarily or automation necessarily be confined to those teaching yeah. online. Uh, it could be face-to-face campus courses as well. A lot of it has to do with identity, the identity of what we've been taught and how we've been taught ourselves where we're going through university or whatever it might be. Mm. What's proper uh, education in that space? So we're, a lot of it, I, you would hesitate to call it myths and the mythology of teaching, but a lot of it has elements of that that we're calling on a kind of education and a kind of teaching that we may or may never have experienced and calling that the proper one. So we're exploring all of that. We're trying to capture all that data to understand how the university itself views teaching because I think that's a critical bit. See, it's kind of interesting as well, just thinking about what you just said there, is you know the way courses may be taught may have not changed. That's correct. And they give out the same kind of grades for the same kind of people that go through them. And so you could argue that maybe that's assimilation of education which is the counter-argument for AI-based mm-hmm. education, which is you just learn, pump up the same, pump out the same kind of resources. People learn the same way, yes. and we're actually not creating any kind of yeah. things that are different. That's correct. So it's, a, it's an interesting kind of uh, concept, yeah. The experimentation here, I think, should have impact on our face-to-face and online teaching. It should force us to reconsider how we do things and, and in a positive way. It's a healthy renewal yeah. renewal of these types of Reflection. Things. Yeah, reflect and on And I think that's something that we have to embrace. And I think this, so and and I think what I kind of say to some people, which the distance learning at skill project should is sometimes, is it's like a, a rock being thrown into a pond. Mm. And you see the ripples go out and we'll see if it is disruptive or not. Because disruptive technology is, or disruptive education is, you know, unbundled education and things like that as well. That's right. So that's a different thing. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. There's so many ideas, so little time. I think the other ones we were looking at largely were learning analytics, uh, the use of data, obviously big data, or even slightly bigger data. 
towards data. just data yeah. towards yeah. educational interventions. But he, like yet again, learning analytics, another big bucket term. That's right. And you know, it's what is it? Is it course analytics? Is it student analytics for? Know, walking into the library is it could be any point of data that's generated by somebody in education right now it's how we analyze that and use that yes i think I, what i would find myself most concerned about is the use of it so how it's the fact that we're collecting the data does that stimulate us wanting to intervene based on the data so the interventions themselves become very problematic mm. uh, based on that kind of data use but you're right so again a lot a big deal of this podcast a big part of this podcast would be largely to dispel some of the myths around the technologies we're engaging with and say, yeah, yeah. These, this is how we're approaching it. And, and it's interesting because I think um, recently um, JISC ran an event at Open University and they, one of the representatives of JISC stood up and said something I kind of thought was great was that they don't want to talk about learning analytics anymore. They wanted to split it into like six or seven categories. And I think the room was like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it might be seven other buckets. But I think learning analytics is such a sweeping term that it just causes terror. I agree. So and confusion. I agree. I agree. And it's a lot. A lot of this stuff is what we're adopting. Mean, we're we're adopting the vernacular of what marketing companies and, and ed tech firms well, that, are, are ed, pushing out. I would say ed, ter- ed, yeah. ed tech firms are you know they're there to they're not they don't care about people when they've not used their systems anymore or left. That's, That's the institutions about making them alumni and all that. Ed tech firms are there just to you know, to make products which they can sell. That's correct. And that is not being harsh. That's like anybody. That's not harsh. And we have relationship with vendors that we have to maintain and 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 these types of things. And some of the relationships are great. Like Colgate make toothpaste. Yes. I buy the toothpaste because I want my teeth brushed. Yes. And I want to look nice and pretty whites. Doesn't mean I hate them. No. But nor do I pretend like their values are the same as mine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's right. So I think learning analytics is another one. So automation, learning analytics. And I think the third, the one that we're sort of on, sort of loosely on the horizon is the Mm. adaptive learning. Very loosely. Yeah, very loosely. Mm. So, Miles, can you explain what? Yeah, yeah. So um, adaptive learning is like, to put it in a very, very basic terms, is saying um, it's trying to get everybody to the same um, point in learning from wherever they start. They all start in different aspects. Maybe maybe they all have different kinds of knowledge. Uh, and there's different paths to get to the same outcome. So some people could glide through an exercise quite easily. Um, and some people might need some kind of help. And that's where adaptive learning can say, oh, we've noticed this. Maybe you should try this. Um, and adaptive learning is a bit of a funny one because people out in those scoring packages or, you know, Zerdy or whatnot, they'll probably say, well, you could do that via that. But adaptive learning is like that with data on roids. Mm. So it's analyzing everything that you do and predicting what you'll do and then generating the next outcome based on that prediction. Interesting. So it's, and I think we're talking to a, com- a couple of companies to try and, and get our head around it because right now, I, you know, I think what I said, you know, is a very basic, my perception of it. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see in the next six months when we get couple of pilot licenses to see how we play with it mm. to see if we can actually get our head around it because we've not done anything like this internally i no, and i i don't think i've gotten my head around it either, no to be perfectly no. honest because i i struggle to see it's the role of the teacher in in that space i think I, you know what I, I, the human teacher I yeah, I, yeah. I, well to be honest with you they create the content yeah. and then they walk away yeah and then you kind of say well, what's the visibility and, that, and i think that's what some of the i think that's where some of the vendors will show there's visibility of um, you know, you can uh, access dashboards that will show progress for students and all that kind of stuff. And that's grand, um, but it's, well, 
do they understand those dashboards? How are they going to help? You know, people that are not school are not doing very well. You're going to help them, but people in the middle who are, are okay, or people at the top that are easy peasy doing it. Do you offer them any kind of support? Mm-hmm. And these are all kind of like people that are paying for stuff as well. So they should all be getting some kind of support. <laughs> so, so we could imagine a positive use case out of that, but mm-hmm. we have yet to, I think, fully get our mind I think it. until we play with it. Oh, yeah. And then we'll see. And I think it's, it's, it's like anything that we do right now. It's just trying to start in the most basic concept That's right. and then building on that right That's now. Right. So a lot of that involves identifying like a, however minuscule, like a viable use case. Like this is yeah. a space where we could conceivably work with this. It's minimal. We can pilot this. We can test this. And you know what? The three things you just said there, so automation, learning analytics, and adaptive learning, they all bleed yes. into each other. Yes. And that's the other thing about it. We're talking about three areas that are all com- interrelated in that's a way. That's right. It's true. They're not, di- yeah, they're, di- they're not as discreet as we're making them out to no, be. No, they're definitely not. And, and it's interesting, you know, just to see how... Like adaptive learning will be fascinating to see what it actually brings to the table because the tools that we're looking at are isolated in their own little environments. That's right. And you're like, well, I need the data to see how my student has got to this stage and what help they'll need thereafter. Where adaptive learning products that we're seeing right now are standalone. Everybody will start at this point, <laughs> which, right. is, which is like, oh, that's okay. right. It's, it's it tends towards a, a slight contextless uh, kind of space, teaching space. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't really account because it's isolated. It doesn't really account for it is, as it currently stands. Maybe that's the value of that. What's the value of a standalone resource that doesn't interact with anything else you're doing in the class? Mm. So these are questions that we have, and these are questions we'll continue to explore, I guess, in the podcast. Uh, to knock off just the, the few terms I think we should know before we kick off, um, before we sign off, I should say, for this first one. There's a few terms we'll return to again and again and again. And the first one, I think, is the teacher function which is the title of that project around automation. But what we're talking about the teacher function, this is borrowing directly from Sean's paper in 2015 on TeacherBot. What is this, the idea of when we're talking about improving teaching with these technologies, we're talking largely about expanding the teacher function. Now, the teacher function has traditionally been serviced by human capacity. It's this idea with the human teacher doing human things, interacting with students, et cetera, et cetera. All the functions of teaching were handled by a human. This has changed recently, and it's what's well, expanded uh, in some cases for worse, some cases for better. But in general, the, the field has shifted quite a bit. So the teacher function, the role of the teacher is performed not only by a human, but also by teacher-student agency. There's this interaction between t- teacher and students that's creating a sense of teaching, a teacher function. And it's also code and algorithm. All of these combine into some sort of augmented idea of what teaching could be. So when we say the teacher function, we're not always exclusively talking about the human teacher. We're talking about all these categories that assemble into this idea of a teacher function. I think it's an important uh, term to consider before we continue. The other one I use a lot, which is uh, it drives people bonkers, but I think it's worthwhile to talk about, is post-digital. post-digital. It's just post-digital. And so, it's, again, this is idea that... We do not believe technology is neutral. It, it, it's inserted into a social, uh, political, cultural space. It rearranges teaching as we know it to be. So the idea that you're having digital education or you're having digital teaching, we feel, is half the story. The real innovation is not the technology. So the real innovation here is not the automation. It's not the learning analytics. It's not the predictive uh, learning uh, capacities. What it is is the rearrangement of teaching to uh, augment that experience of teaching. So 
what the technology allows us to do will generally require a rewiring of teaching in a particular way. And we see that to be the post-digital. Mm -hmm. It's what's on the other side of this. We're not into the business of skilling people. We're not that uh, overwhelmingly interested in this podcast about digital literacies or digital skills. We don't believe that's the case. The education is really on the other side of the technology where we actually rearrange all of these things. And we just loosely call that the post-digital. We're not saying that everybody is perfectly skilled in the digital. They're not. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're I, far from, and neither are we. Yeah, and I, I think that's something as well. Like, you know, our, I think our perspectives on these things right now may not be the correct ones, and that's absolutely fine. And I think that's, that's something that we have to be, well, I'll be quite upfront to say that these are, you know, these are things that we're learning all the time. That's right. Um, and it's okay for us to get things a bit wrong. I agree. Um, and to have people that comment on it, and I hope that will come out in more conversations that we have with people. I agree. You know, arguments about things, not physical, obviously. That sure, would, sure. That would make a very good podcast. We've, we've gotten all those out of the way, Miles and I, already. We, <laughs> we, when we came to the podcast, we realized we were probably going to have a no, a no altercation rule, no on, altercation the rule yes. on the podcast. But the, the, the fact of the matter is we have assumptions about how these technologies can work. Uh, in the events, in the teacher function project, we're, we're going out of our way to not insert those into the events. Yes. We were trying very hard not to impart our vision of what these things could be because mm. we could be conceivably wrong. Mm. And uh, that's a difficult task. So I think over the course of this podcast, you'll hear us say things that we then change our mind on. Yeah. And, and I think it'd be nice to get um, challenged as well. Yeah. And I think that'll be really interesting. And uh, hopefully when we have more people come in and talk to us, that they will challenge and we will change our mind and we'll think more. And that's the whole beauty of this right now. And I think with all these technologies right now, there's no definitive way of saying, this is it, this is how it will affect everything. There's nothing like that. It's just all, it's just, it's up in the air for us to define it. And it's either we define it for the best use for us or the technology defines and we that's let right. that happen. And that's the dangerous thing about it because then we're just like saying, oh, we'll just buy this off the shelf, put it in and I'll do something and everybody will be happy. And you're like, that's just crazy. Like. That's correct. Yeah, that's an important part. Uh, that's a good place probably to wrap this up and sign off. For the first episode, it's largely about we want to be proactive about this. Mm -hmm. this we have an agency in this process where we can impart our vision of a preferable future for the University of Edinburgh onto this technological space. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, it's going to be done to us rather yeah, than yeah, with yeah. us. Yeah, so yeah. we hope to get ahead of this with this proactive effort and to remember that the future is not an inevitable trajectory, but it's, it's a series of choices that we can make. And that's it. We, we have our say in it. That's right. And I think it's, it's the, the ability for us to have our say in it is massive. Yeah. And um, I think it's, it's a pretty awesome time, to tell you the truth, because it is, you know, it's, it's unexplored space that people are hearing about, but not a lot of people have the ability to actually go out and explore it because they just expect the technology to come along and fit in, fix everything. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy. That's right. We're, we have, it is, a, it is an exciting opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there are bits about it that are frightening and that cause concern, but the fact of the matter is we're in uh, a we're at one of the best universities in the world. We're very well positioned yep. to have this discussion. It's super exciting. It's a super it's exciting super time. It's super exciting time to be involved with it and, and you know, being able to shape it. That's correct. So, so I think that's a good place to stop. I think that's a great place to start. I start. think for the next one, we'll be diving into uh, automation in general uh, and over probably a series of podcasts as well. So we'll have some guest speakers on, some people to talk to us about what automation might yeah. be. And we'll actually go further to define what we mean 
by automation. Oh my God, that means that I have to think about what it actually right. means. So that means we actually have homework. We have to go oh. away and actually think about what we're actually going to do in the next few podcasts to discuss this. Wow. But it helps shape our message as well. So this is all a useful process. Yeah, you tell me that when we're recording. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I just sprung that on them and then that's a good place to stop. So uh, signing off here, this is, again, this is Michael Gallagher. That's Miles Blaney. And we'll see you next time.